This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Can you tell us a little bit, Dammit, about uh, the background, the, uh, the making of the film? I know that the, the filming was done in 2009 and 2010, and you said that the post-production was really done after the revolution um, and wasn't out till 2016. So could you tell us a little bit about how, what your experience was led you through that? Yes. Uh, I mean, first, thank you. <laughs> and uh, hello. Yeah, uh, um, I'm very grateful that you survived the two hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I... The film came from different questions that I, I kept asking myself. Um, one thing was like, since I started to, to think of becoming a filmmaker, I used to, to wonder if it's possible at all to, to capture a city in a film. Mm. Um, I think the city is a very huge structure and very multi-layered and very complex and the film is only two hours so when you squeeze the city inside the two hours you ha you are forced to simplify things in a way that that um, doesn't make the film carry the same depth that the, that the city has so that was one question that I kept asking myself. So I live in Cairo. It's the, the city that sculptured me. I, I feel like nothing influenced my life more than being a Cairoian. And as everyone, I have this um, very strange, not strange, very complex relationship with the city. Like, and particularly at this time when I started to work on the film, which was in 2006 and seven and eight, these years, I think I, I had a feeling that I think everyone lived in Cairo at, this, at that time, uh, felt it, which is, we cannot continue this way. Something big is going to happen. And, and we didn't know what is this thing. You know, we didn't know how this thing is coming, but it, it wasn't a sustainable situation. And from one side, we wanted this thing to happen because it's going to, to bring a new beginning. But from the other side, it was um, scary because you don't know what is it and you're scared that this might take with it everything you love. So we had this kind of a love and hate situation and, 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 and this is what I wanted the film to be. So for me, it's a film about this moment. It's about what do you do when you feel the whole world around you is collapsing and you only have a camera. Um, 
but the experience itself like the film has to 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 take the challenge of making such a film in this region without having any infrastructure so the production was very uh, a very uh, tough experience of improvisation we we started shooting with less than 15% of our total budget actually no one wanted to to give us any any money we i i, I had 46 rejection letters um, but i had a great team who believed in this and they wanted to make it happen but one important thing is I knew from the beginning how I wanted the film to be. I could see it, I could hear it, I could even smell it. But I didn't know how to make it. Mm. And I had to learn how to make the film while I was making the film itself. Um, I think that in a very, in a very early stage of the, of the shooting, and I was very uh, frustrated and angry because every day after shooting, I sat with Basim, my DOP, who is, by the way, the Lebanese guy in the film. He's my cinematographer and my best friend. Um, and when I look at the rushes, I feel like it has the same monotonous and the same, um, the same feeling that I don't like. And I, I was wondering how can I keep things fresh and real and intense the same way I feel Cairo. And then I, I think I, we learned this thing through the process, especially in, in one conversation with our art director, Salah Maray, when he said, you cannot force Cairo. Mm. You have to surrender to it. And I think that was... Uh, a, a very um, turning point in the way how we approached the whole thing that we 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 learned that to to capture the city we need to surrender to it, which is a complete different approach. Uh, instead of you you start with a certain image and you look for this image inside the city, you actually you empty your head and you open your imagination and you allow the city to bring its image to you. And then you build on it. So it was a kind of a, a dancing with the city in a way or another. What was planned to be three months of production ended to be two years. And we finished shooting six weeks before the revolution. And then the revolution happened. And it looked like what we were looking for is, is happening in front of us. <laughs> But as you said, the whole production was, the whole filming was happening from this position of a foresight when you look for something to happen. But the whole editing and post-production was happening from the position of hindsight. Mm -hmm. And moving between these two positions was, um, was tough because I also wanted the film to stay very loyal to the moment of making it. I didn't want to, 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 
I think from the, from since the revolution, I knew that it's not a film about the revolution. It's about the moment before, and we have to stick to this. And I think we were so lucky because because of at this moment, what looked like the 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 biggest uh, uh, problem or the biggest uh, turbulence of the production that which 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 pushed us to to film for two years all of a sudden it uh, it becomes a gift because we we were the only film that was able to capture the real last days of the city we were in the streets in the in the last two years before mm-hmm. the revolutions before the revolution happened so th- that was uh, i think uh, something that i wanted to stick to is i didn't want the film to be related to a certain uh, historical moment i wanted the film to be seen at any time and um, that's why we didn't add the revolution in the film so to piggyback on that question i mean i'm, I'm sorry it's a, it's a very long story so it's 10 years of my life i don't know how to to <laughs> how to it's, brief it in in 10 minutes it's it's intense it's amazing and one of the things that I, I mean, I was absolutely struck by was the sound production. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the very beginning with all of the thank yous, it's silent. You know how many times I had to <laughs> read? I'm like, is it working? Do I have the sound working? I couldn't. And then you took us on this journey. And um, I read a review in Rotten Tomatoes Uh, that called it an almost noiseless film in which time is overtaken by history. And I I really felt that um, you beautifully captured us, uh, put us in Khaled's head. Um, And I felt like I was walking around with headphones on in his mind and the the, the asynchronistic uh, speech, dialogue, and then you also had... um, this 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 noisy city behind you, but it was muffled. And then Khalid himself, he spoke with the quiet, he was the most quiet, almost um, morose, very melancholic character. Um, so there's this quietness about the film that really, you really did a great job of giving us the space to, to feel it. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how the the relationship between the sound as no and as noise and um, the visual stimulus as noise which uh, Basim yeah, points out yes. at some point yes you know i um, in arabic um, each group of every group of letters they have the same shape um, but they are different because of the dots. <laughs> so uh, letters are very similar, but we know the letters because of the dots. So depending on how many dots and where the dots are, we know the letter. So if you imagine an Arabic writing, and then you remove the dots, you cannot read. And this is how I think of the sound and the image. 
Mm. We read because of the dots, not because of the letters. And so the sound is the the image is the letter and the sound is the dot. So we 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 read the image because of the of the sound. I one of the challenges was how to build a soundscape for the city. And how to make this noise a kind of a, a symphony. Mm. Uh, so everything you hear in the film is designed. And it's made to, to, to make a kind of a parallel uh, journey, to help journey inside the, inside the film. Um, I was thinking of the film like, you know, he is receiving this CD in the beginning and he is saying, how can you listen to the silence in the noise of Cairo? Yeah, right. So I would say the whole film was, was a search for the silence in the noise of Cairo. It's a moment of reflection or a moment of you, 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 you try to, to, um, to tune with yourself in a way, to reflect to this relation with the city. I think Cairo is um, is, a, is 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 the sound in Cairo is very characteristic, and and it was it was a big challenge to to build it to build the same experience on a film. Um, one thing that I I want to mention that of course I'm I'm very grateful to the amazing team who worked on the sound, whether in the production or in the post production, but. Usually people, uh, uh, like this is the, the production model, usually the, 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 the sound, we start to work on the sound after finishing the editing. Like we, we lock the picture and then we, we start to work on the sound. And I think this model is creating a certain hierarchy where the, the sound becomes a kind of, follow the image. It doesn't have this same mutual uh, dialogue with the image. And from the beginning, I decided, and we decided as a team, that we will work on the sound and the image at the same time. It's, it's a hell, technically, <laughs> because we need to, to, mm-hmm. to do sound, to do like, to, um, to redo the sound every time we change something in the image. But the, the result was very different, because when you work this way, you, 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 you make the sound an integral element of the language and not just something to to not a, not just a decoration for the for the film so basically many of the of the scenes were edited based on sound ideas like the idea of the scene start on the sound and then we 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 we, we build the image around it of course as you so in the film like we wanted to have all these layers of the the city and then the the news in the radio mm-hmm. and then also how the 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 people speak sometimes we see them uh speak and sometimes like there's a desync between the image and the sound but um the, the whole idea is as you said is you 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 identify with Khaled and you 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 have the same journey that he has inside the city in his head yeah and it's similar also to um again this i the the, the new egyptian cinema uh this um 
Deleuzean concept of time and word. Yeah. Uh, time and image, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Where, ta- where the time image in the Deleuzean um, sense is like um, where time becomes spatial um, or space uh, or the image becomes linear over time where you start thinking about the archive. And in one scene, uh, Hassan uh, says, finally, you know, when we, they were talking about the cities and the, who are these, you know, what are these cities to them? What is the city? Is it a, my friend, my lover, my whatever? And then Hassan says, Baghdad is a moment. And that really resonated with me, and I thought, I wondered, what, if, what is your, uh, how are you positioning these cities in relation to each other? What is the link between, what is the relationship or the tie between Baghdad, Cairo, and Beirut? I mean, I know that this is a huge yeah, question, yeah. but <laughs> I, I couldn't I help but, like, you yeah. know, the, the rivers and... Yeah, I don't know if we have time. Yeah. I, <laughs> I um, you know, I, um, I feel like in this part of the world, like coming, uh, growing up in, in this region, it's also something that I wanted the film to, to have a kind of a reflection of what does it mean to, to, to grow up and to be born in in this region and and what kind of price you pay yeah um i think beirut and baghdad and cairo are very different cities but in the core i think they have the same scar and they have to uh, to uh, to suffer the same uh, tough situation so yes, it looks very different cities, but I also think they are very similar in a way. I like to look at my work as a way of removing the borders. I, you know, I have an Egyptian passport, and I always stopped in every border, and I have to uh, to uh, I spend a lot of time to prove that I'm just a filmmaker, not a terrorist, and. Uh, <laughs> So I, I, uh, and because of my work, I travel a lot, and I don't like uh, I don't like airports. I think it's places that reminds me of of how uh, how we are not equal, and there is all this. Uh, for me, it's very stupid differences that just. Uh, create a certain hierarchy between between us but in fact we are we should be very we should be equal we should treat it equally so i like to look at my work as a way of removing these borders between cities between reality and fiction and between yeah if this is an answer i don't know <laughs> and you know uh... Also, the, maybe also the borders, the relationships between the people. So one of the big questions I had about Khaled and his relationship with the women in his life, with his mother and, and his girlfriend, was um, uh, there was that scene when he was cutting the apple and eating it with his mother. Yeah. Can, uh, that scene was very touching. 
Uh, extremely so. And it really made me think about that, that moment was a, when you were sort of defining the relationship with Khaled and his mother. And it had, could you speak to that a little bit, uh, that particular scene and um, that relationship in relation to Egypt, which is Umm al-Dunya. So the, I'm sorry, I'm Umm yeah. Amal, but this al al um. I'm asking about the, the role of the mother. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I look at the whole film like, you know, like Khalid is looking for a home, like whether uh, a physical home, like he, or uh, a home in the bigger sense. And I, these scenes with, with the mother was very um, sensitive to me because the mother in the film is my mother. So I wasn't sure till the end, should I keep these scenes or not? But there are, like, it's a long story why, I, but at one point I... Um, I kept them because I felt it made something very important in the film that actually this room in the hospital is his only home. This is the only place that he can be uh, himself. Yeah. So that's why I, I think like this, uh, uh, this is how I was thinking of it. You know, I just want to say that I always say that the real film is not the film I make. The real film is the film that you watch. And they are very different. What I make is not, is, is, is not only this film. It's this film with a lot of things in my head. But you watch what, what's only on the screen. So, in a way, these, uh, I, I, I trust that the film you, you watch is better than the film I made. <laughs> well, Shukra. Um, I feel like we should open it up to some questions in the audience. Could you say something about the use of the cello? Uh, was that a professional musician, and what exactly... Uh, where did he come up with the sounds that, that he or she made? I, uh, you know, I, in fact, I, I don't like music in films. When I was young, I, I, used, I, I used to like uh, films a lot. I mean, that's why I became a filmmaker. But I, I never understood who is playing this music. Because I see everything in, 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 in cinema is similar to life. But I remember I was asking my father, who is playing this music? Because I, in reality, we don't hear music when we are sad. Uh, one thing I don't like about the music is, is when the music is telling you what to feel. is dictating to you certain feelings, like when... When the scene is sad, then the music is telling you you should be sad now. When the when the when the when the scene is uh, is is romance, then the music is 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 dictating this. So I, for me, I think I I didn't want to have this in in my film. And but this film needed music. I don't know why. I felt it needs something. But the the challenge was to make the music comes from the film, not added to it. 
I tried different things and every time I tried music it was uh, it felt always like added on the film. Mm. And then I met this uh, two uh, French musicians that are really so so talented and amazing. Uh, Amélie who's playing uh, cello and Victor who's playing um, uh, electronics. Um, and I I felt that this combination is is interesting. Um, because it also I think it gives uh, it gives something um, similar to Cairo. I think Cairo has um, a very uh, strange mix of roughness and elegancy. And I wanted to have this in the music. So basically, we did the, we improvised the music with the film. We were playing the film, and the musician were in the room. I was with them, and they were playing. And then we we did this over ten weeks, until we we come up with something that was part of the of the fabric of the of the sound. I mean, I hope you like it. <laughs> uh, speaking about uh, the noise in Cairo. And when he went to visit these two apartments, one of them had chickens, <laughs> and they were making lots of noise. And the other apartments, as he was going through the elevator, he could hear the chanting of the Quran. So why did you decide to put the noise in these two particular places or spaces that he visited? And it was obvious that after the second apartment and all the noise, he was just fed up with all the noise and decided he didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, 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 um, I, um, it's like I. It felt right, like. Um, I don't know why in this particular scenes. I think the film has to have a kind of a, a flow between the quietness and the noise, and uh, this is something also creating a certain pace. So if you and I think this is very sensitive thing. Uh, that's why it's important to we we to adjust this. We had to watch the film from the beginning till the end, and then we. Rebalance when the film has to to attack you, and when the film is kind of uh, sharing a, a quiet moment with you. That this thing took a lot of time until we reach what I think is the flow that works, but maybe it didn't. Thank you so much for the gift of your film and your craft. Um, I'm interested in the other city, the one that you kept returning to Alexandria. And I was wondering whether you were sending a message from after the revolution or if it was in the process. It seemed to me to come to be that space of reflection that you were talking about in the beginning. The insertion of Alexandria is something that needed to be a kind of, I heard it as a controcanto, as a counter as a song of another song. And I'm, I don't know, but that's, that's a feeling I got, and I 
It was very precious, and I just wanted to hear you talk about it, if possible. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, for me, the film that Khaled was making is film about the, there was a film Khaled is working on, which is, we were always saying it's a film about loss. So about Maryam who lost her father, about the mother who lost the, her daughter, about Hanan who lost the, the family house in Alexandria. And um, in a way, I, 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 I didn't choose the city. You know, this is something very important, like, like nothing was symbolized in the film. It was, uh, it was a way to weave the stories together. Like, there are these characters that comes from certain cities, and the film was trying to, to question their relation to their past and their, 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 uh, their presence and their future. Uh, so there, there wasn't this... Um, uh, we didn't say we, we put Beirut to present something or Alexandria to present something. But in fact, Alexandria in particular... You know, historically was the, mo- the most cosmopolitan city in Egypt and maybe in the region. And it's a city that changed a lot over the, uh, the years. And, and it's, uh, of course, there is a lot of, uh, 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 you can find a metaphor in the destruction scene when you think of the history of the city. But that wasn't intended this way, it's you know, it comes with the with the in the process, uh, which I think is 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 uh, is better, you know, uh, better than planning everything from uh, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna keep my question short. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, thank you so much, Tamer. Um, the film was Helwa uh, Beget, um, and uh, I guess I was really captivated. Uh, in the person of Khalid, and yes, he was very melancholic, um, but he was also a little bit frustrating, particularly in moments where he was captured in, in violence, in scenes of violence. And yeah. you think he should step in, you know, and like what's holding him back? Is he just an observer? Like what is the purpose of that? But, I mean, I was in Egypt before, during, and after the revolution, and I felt this sense of powerlessness and the sense of impotence, and I don't know if that's the purpose of Halid's sort of reluctance to engage in what's going on, um, and particularly now, right, where we feel that again in Egypt and especially in Cairo. Um, I was wondering if that was the message you were trying to convey or if there's something else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, for me, the film is about Khalid, what makes Khalid a uh, a very a cinematic character for me, that he is someone that, who carries a very heavy past on his shoulders. And he lives in a very suffocating presence and he can't see a future. Uh, Khaled is like our ghost. He's the one that we don't want to be. Mm. He is very on the, on the verge of becoming a failure. 
And that was a very, uh, that's why I am so grateful to the, to, to Khaled Abdullah, the actor, like, and his work. He, it's a very difficult, uh, role. It's a very difficult character. Because, as you said, he, he was always a reaction to, to things happening around him. For me, Khaled was in chase with time. The mother is dying. Layla is leaving. He has to find the flat. And the whole world around him is collapsing. What moves Khaled is, is this, a certain urgency, an urgency to film things before they disappear. Because he feels if he, if he can't capture, if he can't capture this moment, this moment will not stay. This is the feeling that we had uh, during this time, that there are things around us And these things are, has a certain meanings to us. And we wanted to, to keep them. And we didn't know how to keep them. So he was filming these things to keep it. And, and this is something I completely relate with Khaled as a character. This is exactly my feeling when I was filming uh, the film. Like when I was doing the, 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 the whole production. That I wanted to film everything because I'm not sure that they will exist uh, uh, later. Um, What I so when Khalid felt that this is something that me and Khalid spoke a lot about it, Khalid Abdullah, the actor, that this character is trying his last chance to avoid being a loser. And he goes through this journey of trying to capture something. But, but he is, as you said, powerless and not able to, 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 to be uh, very active towards everything around him. So part of, of this journey that Khalid has to learn that he himself is part of, the, of his problems. And this violence that you are talking about, you know, he can turn his back to it and, 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 and escape it. But then this violence will come to him. This is what happened. Like, you know, when it starts, when, when we see the, the man beating the woman on the roof and then the demonstrator in the street. And every time he is not into this thing, but at one moment, the violence took his friend. So it's also something about that if you, if you, you cannot escape it. It's something that is happening around you and, you will, and there is no uh, escape from it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I, 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 I have to say that I'm, I don't have a message. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is unfortunately, I don't have a message. But I, and I think the film shouldn't have a message, but it has to raise questions about all these things. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I lived about five to six years of my life in Cairo, walking those very streets day after day during that time. And that's where my, my wife was Egyptian as well. So in a way, you took me back to the Cairo that I'd spent so much time in. I'm hoping to go back to uh, this winter for the first time since 2011. But I was really uh, impressed by what I thought, not so much the silence and the sounds, 
but the way you, you've alternated between alienation and intimacy with the photography. In other words, the cityscape views a city of 20 million people, um, the kind of chaos of that, but then using the camera also to have these very intimate close-ups of the main characters. It, brought, it, made, it made these people real and close to you, uh, which is what happens when you're really living in the society. You also did it with the guy that was blowing bubbles on the sidewalk, and the, the guys carrying the bread on these um, wooden you know, trays through the streets on their bicycling through. All these kind of intimate scenes that you encounter when you're in the city, but also the, the way in which you brought us, brought us close to these people. And that was really impressive. And I was wondering if that was something else that you were working with, this kind of alienation, intimacy, um, binary through the film. Yeah, I, um, one of the things, like, you know, I was also wondering, like, what is fiction and what is documentary? Uh, <laughs> when you, like, we use the city as a backdrop. We didn't, and, and then you put an actor inside this city. So this frame, to which extent this is real and to which extent it's fictional. And this is a question that... Uh, that was part of the whole process, like, you know, um, I, 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 I'm always asked this question about the fiction and documentary, and I say when we, when we, when we make fiction, we are like farmers. We water our seeds and we take care of our plants while it's growing every day. The more we give, the more we are patient the more the tree will be beautiful and we will have a, a very delicious fruit. But when you do a documentary, you are like a fisherman. You cast your net and you hope that the sea is generous and it will give you some fish. And, and part of this is that you trust that the sea is generous. If you don't trust the sea, the sea won't give you anything. So this is also the, like, the same thing with the city. You need to trust the city. I wondered if you'd talk about the relationship between the friends in the film a little bit, the four uh, men. They, they, they are my friends. They are my uh, they are my friends they are the people who I speak with them all the time we we share many things I wanted the film to start from a very personal story of someone looking for a flat to to become to grow and become bigger and bigger you know I always thought of a film like an artichoke when you remove one layer you find another layer and when you remove one layer you find another layer so this is how I, I, I was thinking of it. The friends are in a way, they, they, I share something with every one of them. And they have the same kind of questions towards their reality. Um, and I think like one of the amazing things that happened during the film that this friendship also, in reality, becomes stronger. Like, I like Basim has, has a way of saying this. He said, we, 
we became like people went to like people went to war together and they come back <laughs> so what's what like the the thing that happened between them is is even bigger than friendship well i i have one more question if i may yes um and this is a sort of a a personal question. <laughs> you know, the, so Khaled is constantly archiving, right? You see him going, he's, he's living in his archives yeah. and he's living behind his wall. Um, I really identified with that position, uh, experience of the revolution um, through, from, from a position of watching it and archiving madly. Um, what how much of this work was archival? I wondered um, how, much, how much of the footage was really a process of archiving and how much of the production was driven by this need to archive because of a sense that, a very sad, sad sense that the Cairo that the, of the recent past is dying or it's only for the dead. Yeah. And the dying and the ill, yeah. and everybody else who wants life is leaving, is gone. Yeah. And yeah. not just Cairo, the I region. Think, I think it wasn't, uh, it wasn't clear that way. Like, later, you can see it. It's but really in, when, when, when When we started, I wasn't thinking of this. Uh, of this. But later, I, I realized that this kind of... Uh, um, passion of keeping images were there, of course. But while doing it, I didn't feel like that. It felt like we were trying to find something that we cannot find. But later on, when I look at the footage, I, I could see this. Because uh, that Cairo that you, this Cairo that you have here, those really were the last days yeah. in some ways, because it's not the same today. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.